0: These names are very arbitrary. I mean, they're sort of logical. And again, if you've watched that little tree um, diagram that I've, I've drawn, you'll notice, you know, it's not completely random. The major and minor quality here are given by that third at the bottom, right? And, and those can become then augmented, diminished. Like th- this, there's a system that still makes a lot of sense. But at, at the root of it, uh, what I'm trying to express here is that you're going to have to abide by this social convention right like in the field of music we decided that this is the specific label this is how we we call this in this particular chord structure like this sequence of major and minor thirds gets labeled as one of those five big um chord qualities is, is what we call them right and that's just the standard language <laughs> And it's kind of cool when you start learning it, you know, like at the beginning, when you, you sit down and you're told about these, you're like, why is this so complicated? Why is there such, such a vocabulary around it? But think about it. Isn't it much quicker to tell to a fellow musician, hey, let's do this chord progression. It's going to be a major seven and then this and that, right? Or Like the, the very famous one, the two, five, one, we're doing minor minus seven, then dominant seven, then major seventh. That's a much quicker shortcut type of way than to start saying, so the first chord is going to have a minor third in the bottom and then the major third stack on top this would take forever if you had to communicate so learning these labels is actually exciting it's what connects you to other musicians to you know even dead ones composers and stuff that wrote you know pieces that you know five decades later were still playing because they're so awesome and you get to tap into that person that doesn't even exist anymore but they've left this legacy and you can access it because you speak that common language you know that when they tell you minor seven you know what they're referring to and you know by convention you know it's like a shortcut you know what it is and you don't have to you know describe every little element of it and when you practice it more and more it goes even further these become almost ingrained and you can almost whip them out as a reflex and then you can focus on the creative things so it's actually super exciting that you get to learn this now because that it's what connects you connects you to the music connects you to others and, it, you know, I'm I'm a very lazy person. I don't like working for nothing. <laughs> and for me, if I can find a shortcut way to note things, I would much prefer that than having to work out every single interval every time, right? In that spirit, also, I'll tell you very often, even though I've demonstrated it on the previous, you know, explanation as a tree and it was a combination of fifths, very often we look at it as a triad plus a note and if you can think of it this way that's another way of chunking the information so you don't have information overload so now that you understand it's a sequence of thirds uh you know if you understand that those two stacked thirds can be grouped as a one entity which is a triad and you add just that seventh note and then later you'll just know that those four notes is one entity which is what we're learning right now you know as you progress in music you're you understand the components and the building blocks that's really important but at the same time each level that you progress up, this now becomes a new entity and that's what you're learning right now, right? It's going from that vocabulary from thirds to triads and now you're going one step further, the seventh vocabulary. They're all fundamentally the same. You shouldn't be scared. If you could figure out a minor third or a major third, it means you already instinctively get these things and you you know them. But now the work you're doing is correctly labeling them and filing them in your head so you can retrieve it when you wanna talk with others Or when you want to play and interpret something where someone else gave you that thing. That's the work you're doing now. It's a labeling work. It's like a mapping work, work, right? And the reason that we're looking at all that, and I'm I'm going back in two seconds to make you hear it also, (laughs) but the reason you're seeing how it feels in your head when you're playing it on your instrument, the reason you're looking at what it looks like when you want to conceptually think about it and, you know, on the staff, the reason you're hearing what the sound sounds like is because that's... It's like the building blocks that you'll use later. And if we take the time right now to work it out as you're practicing pieces and you're trying this out in the real world, you don't have that much of a cognitive load. You worked it out now and you'll know. (laughs) And then you can focus on just the memorization part from all these perspectives, right? Because that's how we do it here.